Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I feel like, so um, a little backstory so people can understand. So Sarah and I connected this past year through the virtual world, which I'm very grateful for. And you participated in my career interviews to help out the, the kids, the teenagers to kind of learn about some different career paths. And that was the first time we ever talked and I was blown away by you. I just, um, you know, your backgrounds in the restaurant industry, but your breadth of knowledge just your people skills, everything. I was just blown away. So I would love to dive into, you know, flushing out more of life with you today. So why don't you tell everyone kind of who you are and kind of where you're at in your life right now? Perfect. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated our talk that we did and any help that I could be with the kids was fantastic. It was fun for me. So I'm a business person in Northern Virginia. I've been here for a few years now and I'm in the restaurant industry. We run four restaurants here locally and I've been fortunate enough to help out with a few others, just getting through COVID, making sure that we all stay open and build on those relationships for when we're strong again. I am also a delegate or sorry, a candidate for Virginia House District 53 in Falls Church and Mosaic area. It's funny because when we were talking about what to flush out, you know, kind of in life and whatnot, what I noticed from our conversation before, you know, with the career interviews was that running a restaurant takes so many different skills because you have to have the business mindset to run a huge operation. You have to have the people mindset, people skills mindset to, you know, care for customers, care for staff. And in this super high stress situation, you have to maintain, um, cohesiveness, where the more stressful it becomes, the more likely it could fracture. And so I was just hearing you kind of describe the whole, I think we joked about the dysfunctional family aspect of it, but that you had such a unique insight. And now that you're getting into, well, you've, you've been lobbying for business, uh, restaurants for a long time, but now that you're actually putting your hat in the ring, I thought that was so interesting because I feel like, you know, coming out of 2020, not only with the pandemic, but just everything there's so much division in all areas of life that most people are like running the opposite direction of politics. You know, that's the last topic anyone wants to talk about, the last thing anyone wants to um, lean into. And so I really admire that you're leaning in because I think you've mentioned it before, like no matter what we do, you know, we live in America, like everything's kind of affected by the government. And so, but how do we navigate those waters without becoming more divisive more stressed. So I, I mean, I think you have such a great perspective. I'd love to pick your brain on that. Absolutely. So I almost feel, and it don't take it for more than it is, but like a political first responder, like mm-hmm. there are, everybody, like you said, is running away from it. And especially in Northern Virginia, where we all have our opinions and we're completely entitled to them, but we're not maybe communicating them in a way to say, how are we going to solve the problem? We're communicating it as Here's what they're doing wrong. I don't want to talk to you about what somebody else is doing wrong. I want to talk to you about what I think we should do going forward. 
How can we fix it? How can we, you know, for restaurants and, and like you mentioned, lobbying for restaurants through various groups, through our chambers of commerce and the restaurant association for the state and, and just working through them to get to say, hey, here's what we need. And here's what we'd like to see next. It's helped. You can see that PPP funds. So everybody had an outcrying of we need this. We need to keep our businesses open. And it's helping. This is saving businesses all around the country. So how can we work together to do more of that, to do more of what we need to get us moving forward together, to keep everybody in a job and everybody's children educated? And these are all things we all care about. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think you've used the term for it's like the intersection with a lot, what you do, the intersection of business and government. And then now, you know, it's just life. And like I said, it's kind of scary to go into it. So coming from with, like I said, your unique background, and this is something that even if people aren't interested in politics, I think one of the messages that I know I've gotten from you is that we should be informed because we do have power with our votes and things like that. But the other thing too, and I think this is kind of some universal, lessons that I think we could take advantage of for you being in your space is how, how to start communicating with people when you know that everyone has a different opinion, you know, and I feel like politics is, it feels risky, but at the same time, it's almost more black and white. Like you're either for this or against this. I mean, that, well, it's not actually like that. I think it, that's what people think it is. But when you think of everyday interactions, we all have different thoughts and opinions, but a lot of us just keep them private. Are you ready for my fun way of doing this? Yes. All right. So I come from a household where people definitely disagree. My grandparents, if you went with one of them to vote, they were going to tell you to vote straight R. If you went with the other, it was straight D. Like there was no in between. They weren't asking who was on the ballot. They didn't care. So I've carried over into my life, into all aspects of my life. So if we go into the restaurant, uh, you know, I was banker shortly. (laughs) It wasn't my thing, but, (laughs) you know, in everything that I've tried, It's been, where can we find common ground? So the Mm -hmm. first thing I do with literally anybody I meet is say, what do we have in common? And it could be as simple as, you know, oh, I used to have a pair of shoes like that. We have similar taste in that. Or I love those earrings. Or, you know, I see his shirt for baseball. I used to be, you know, I used to watch baseball growing up. I wonder what position is his favorite on the field. And it's learning what we have in common. Even now running for office, the first thing I did is look at my opponent and realize that he loves hockey. I am a huge hockey fan. That's my favorite sport. And I went, you know, we disagree ideologically on some things, but we do have common ground. We do have Mm -hmm. a place, you know, a safe space that we could talk about something if we needed to, to go from there, to build a relationship and say, okay, what can we do best for Falls Church? Mm -hmm. What can we do best for our people? Because at the end of the day, whichever one of us wins, you have to represent everybody. Yeah. You don't just represent a sliver of people in your area. So, you know, if it's the restaurant, what am I front and back of the house having common? Well, they work for the same place. We play on the same team. Mm-hmm. You know, what does management have to do with the staff? Well, at the end of the day, if one fails, they both fail. So success is key for all of us. And it's just really finding what you have in common with anybody. And I've never walked into a room and met a person that I didn't have anything with. Yeah. I mean, the human condition, that's a lot. What I've talked about, like on um, fleshing it out is that we of course have unique life experiences, which is why I love talking to different people, 
but just being a human being, there's stuff that is common, you know? And so I like what you said about building a better relationship. That was a part like, okay, whether it's politics or anything in life, it wasn't just let's find something we have in common. That was let's find something we have in common to build a relationship. Exactly. You can, you know, if you have it in common, but you don't acknowledge it or you don't, you know, talk about it, you know, it gives you that breath. You Mm -hmm. walk in, you're intimidated by someone, you know, I've walked up to people that I'm just so, so impressed with and nervous to have a conversation with. And and you walk right up to them and, you know, say, Hey, I love those earrings or, Mm -hmm. Hey, I heard you talk about this. And that's also important to me. Or, and the second that they hear that they also relax a little bit. They're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, they're my person. Yep. And just having that, even if it's just this little sliver of that's my person, mm-hmm. it, it's something you can build off of. And you, you let a little bit of your walls down for, for that second to say, sure. okay, and here's what else I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Well, and also you think about how often I was just having a conversation with someone that I think we're going to flush out the whole idea of getting feedback because, um, you know, sometimes we need to shut the noise out because we can't, you know, you don't need all those voices, but then we obviously need to have open ears to hear the feedback too. So we were talking about discerning it. So we'll get into that more later. But the the point of it though, was that when you know someone like, especially if it's like hard personal stuff, if you know someone loves you, is for you, is for your best, that if they say something that's hard to hear though, you know, it's coming from a place of that they want what's best for you right. versus someone who, for lack of a better word, like a troll, people who just smack talk for the sake of it. Right. And it's like, it's that, oh, what's the difference between those two? Because sometimes people that just say something, even if they're not trolls, even if their point is completely valid, you might not take it well, because, you know, we're human, right? but it's that the person who you have the relationship with, who you've kind of opened your heart up to, it's softened so that you can have those conversations. Well, and it it even helps when it's maybe somebody that you're not going to agree with. We've all met Mm -hmm. people that, you know, at the end of the day, there have been people that I've worked for, people that have worked for me that we're never going to be on the same page. And we realize that at the end of the day, one of us is going to have to walk away from the situation, but how can we make the best of it? How can we learn from it? Mm. How can we, you know, make sure that we both walk away feeling heard and understood and then agree Mm. to disagree. And if we all did that in politics, religion, like all these hard topics that you say, oh, just don't talk about it maybe we would be more educated. Maybe we would be more open. Yes. Okay. So you need to tell, okay, I'm all about the podcast. I want people to feel connected and feel seen. And I should add heard those are like, you know, and so whether it's listening through, um, through the conversations, but more importantly in those everyday interactions. So you brought it up how like, you know, there's been people that you talk to that you do disagree with. So there's never going to be common ground. Cause I think that's the other thing is like, we want equilibrium, like just as humans, right? Like temperatures, even that's like a scientific thing. <laughs> um, I think we all, it's like, we all want to get along and just like, let's get to a nice common ground, but there's certain things that it's not going to happen. Right. And so I was glad you brought that up. So it's like, okay, Sarah, help a girl out, <laughs> help everybody out. How can people feel connected, seen, heard in those conversations? So, so if you're in one of those conversations, either side of it, how can we work towards that? Well, de-escalation, you know, Mm. the louder the volume gets, the less you hear. 
And that's just a fact of life that, you know, if you, even if you're being perceived as yelling, you could be talking the same way you and I are talking now. Mm-hmm. The second that someone perceives you as yelling, they hear less of what you say. Mm-hmm. So making sure that we're controlling our tone and, and that means pitch and what we're mm-hmm. actually saying, how it's coming out of our mouths and then not using words to intentionally incite the other person. Uh, you know, I practice with my husband all the time and I know when I'm going to hit a button that's going to make him come off the couch and be like, really, that's what you just said. Or whether I'm hitting him with something as like a, Hey, maybe you should think about it this way. Maybe mm-hmm. we should look at something a little different. And, you know, I know what verbiage is going to do, which if you mm-hmm. ask for the manager in a restaurant and you say, nothing I've seen here has gone right versus saying, Hey, I saw some opportunities I wanted to discuss with you. You know, Mm. things haven't gone well. And I'd really like the chance to talk that through versus, well, I'm never coming here again. Mm -hmm. Like, which way did they not hear you at all? If you're not coming here again, what's my motivation to change things for you? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't like something and, and it's, it was done correctly per the spec that we would normally use. Why would I adjust that? if you're never coming here again, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're telling me that you have opportunities for me that you think could make my store better, then I'm like, Hey, if they think this, there's probably other people that think this too. Let's work it through. Maybe we can do something here. So it's mm-hmm. all in how you bring it to someone. I'm, I appreciate, I'm glad you brought that up. It's funny because I've been reading, you know, different voices, trying to make sure to kind of just expand, you know, who, who I'm reading and listening to. And I can't, it's funny. I always bring up stuff and I'm like, I don't remember where, you know, it's like, I learned it on a podcast, Um, but it had to do with that, but it was almost the opposite. It was like, we shouldn't have to police our tone. And, but the thing is it was in a different context. So I like that because it's one of those, I think that it's like kind of the idea that all voices of course should be heard, you know, and things like that. And it's one of those, like, if you feel like, if you're at a place where you're passionate and using those loud voices and, you know, that pain, anger, things like that, you know, being shared, like there's, there's space for that. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at is that, you know, it doesn't have to always be the same, but it's that, like, if you're trying to have that, like, if you're at a place where both parties are like, okay, let's have this conversation, then yes, getting to the de-escalation point, like, so that you can both hear each other. So And that's what I said, you know, as far as I choose when I'm going to take that battle on with my husband, like, you know, I know that there's going to be a time and a day that we're going to have this, but, you know, even when it's staff, there's going to be a time Mm -hmm. and a day where I'm going to say, Hey, look, Mm -hmm. this isn't working. This, this, uh, you know, this did not work. But until you're sure that you want to burn that bridge until you're sure that you want to end that conversation and, Mm -hmm. and you're at that point, don't don't ruin it before you're ready. Don't shut their ears to what you're saying until you're sure that's what you want done, or you're sure that's what needs to be done. And also why I think there needs to be more players on the team, you know, like, because I think, you know, we're all different. So things are going to hit us differently. And if we all tried to match each other, you know, it's like, I think that that's why there's power in people that can have that nice de-escalation have those conversations, but then if other people, their, their skill set might be more of the firing up. Like I always use the term rallying the troops probably because my dad's arm, you know, my army brat background, but like 
realize that might not be a common term people use, but you know, I feel like rallying the troops, getting everyone on board with stuff like we're all so different, but that's why with the conflict management, when you're really at that place, the de-escalation is so important to. Well, and pick your team, pick people that have their strengths that you don't have. I, you know, I can do certain things very, very well. And there's other things that I might not do as well. I am more passionate. Like you said, I'm generally going to be the one that if we're going into Friday night, I'm going to go, okay, team, let's get this together. Now, you know, what's getting ready to walk through that door. And this is what we're going to do, you know, and it's exciting. And, and we put on some happy, exciting, fast music and get ready. You know, I'm not as good at the detailed finer points, but one of my managers and good friends, she's excellent at that. And so, especially if we're writing something, I write it and send it to her, or she writes it and says, pep this up for me. You know, like we go off of each other and and we make sure that the details there, but the excitement is with it. And it's just how we play off of each other that make us such a phenomenal team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a question I would love. So we've talked about, and you've talked about like your restaurant experience and kind of the business mindset, but I know also like when you get, when you're willing to throw your hat into the ring in politics and just any hard conversation, like anything, I feel like you have to have skin in the game more than money, right? Like you have to care about people because even with business, what's behind business is people's livelihoods and taking care of their family. So how do you feel like your background, you know, just who you are as a person has kind of contributed to the way you view the world now with your value system and kind of how you want to walk that out, whether it's in your political journey, whether it's in the restaurant industry, how do you feel like those two things kind of have collided? Well, it's so funny the way that I came about my journey because I didn't finish college. I didn't, I I went through 14 different restaurant jobs in a year and a half at one point, just because I was looking for the right thing. I wasn't learning what I needed to learn Mm. and I wanted to be better. And it's just been that process throughout my life of always wanting to meet the next person. I love people. I, you cannot introduce me to enough people. I would love to meet everybody on the planet at some point before I die. I know that's not even possible and it's still my goal. I just really love people. And I think that learning those stories learning how different businesses work, learning how different um, political parts work, how schools work, how it doesn't matter what it is, just learning. And I can't quote you facts all day long. I'm never going to be that girl that can, can give you numbers and can give you these. And some of it I can, yes, I can be taught, but I'm, I'm just more about the people and the feelings that are involved with things. How can I make people feel a certain way to get what we need from it. You know, how can I make my team feel important, accepted, valued to get the best result of us getting food out the tables that they're going to be very happy with? How can I, in a political arena, how can I bring people together that might not always agree on everything and say, but here's what we do agree with is that we need to fix this. So let's talk about ideas on it and taking different people into account in everything that you do, you know, it's never one-sided. It's never, if you get one group of people together and and it always disappoints me when groups do this. And we all know the groups that do this. You Mm -hmm. get five people that look just alike. that came from the same walk of life that drive practically the same car and live in practically the same home. 
And you think that you've got a team of people that can produce this outcome, but you don't have any diversity in it. You don't have any other opinions being put in the pot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is just the most important thing that you can do, whether it's business, political, personal, is just get those outside opinions. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, I feel like, okay, we're on video. So whether people are listening to this or not, like we're too, oh, I shouldn't assume, but you know, two white girls. Right. <laughs> and, um, and that's why I've tried to, you know, because of the world and just my own personal life, wanting to just a term I've heard a lot. is like, everyone needs a seat at the table. And it's something that, you know, I, I thought in my personal life, like, oh yeah, you know, I've always thought that, but when you start looking at people in charge and whether it's any place, you're like, oh, there's really not a seat for everyone. And so it's just kind of something on my heart and kind of trying to walk through and be better and things like that. And so I think that that's something you want to hear from people. Not to make light of it at all, but here's an observation from a recent event. I'm sitting at a table with a group of gentlemen, all very nice, all running for different offices in the area. And one of them leaves for a second and he comes back and he sits down and he goes, I just saw the candidate that we're here to listen to in the bathroom. And I said, you know, I've never had that problem. Oh, snap. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't, I didn't mean to make it identity politics. I didn't mean to, you know, but it was just funny that it just instantly hit me. You know, I, I don't have that issue. You know, there's never a line in the ladies room of people running for office. Yeah. And there should be, there's no reason there shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, um, you know, like I've, feel like it's like the term I've heard representation matters. And I feel like, you know, as a, as a white woman, like, well, yeah, I mean, you see women. So you're like, oh, women, it's like, almost like check the block. There's men and women. And then when you expand your mind and open your eyes to all the differences, it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, the power of that when you see people. And so kind of encouraging, like, that's what I really appreciate about your voice is empowering people too. you know, not wanting to be the one with all the answers, but to be the one that rallies all the voices and is trying to rise up all the voices. You know, it's, um, I was just actually thinking of the quote this morning that rising tide lifts all ships. Yes. And I see that, like, that's what I appreciate listening to you because it's just like the restaurant industry, how everyone, you know, succeeds. And I think it's the same thing with, with being able to put yourself out there. Cause I, I'll be honest, like even just the last few minutes of this conversation, I'm like, fumbling over my words. Cause I'm trying to make sure, you know, it's like, oh, this is an awkward topic. And I kind of don't, and I'm already thinking in my head, maybe Jeremy should just cut this out. But this is the issue is that like, I'm thinking all that stuff versus, you know what, we're having an honest conversation. I'm sharing some of my thoughts. And that if I do say something that's problematic, I also need to be open to hearing the feedback from that. And that's the part with like politicians. It's like always needing, and this is totally a, um, assumption, but it's like always needing to save face, you know, like versus like, yeah, I really screwed up. Like, welcome to a first time politician's mindset is that every time, you know, I can't put on my pants now without going, wait, if it was a a woman that was a real politician, is that the way she'd do it? Mm -hmm. Like, it's so ridiculous the way you compare yourself constantly to the real people that do it. Mm. And it drives me insane that I can't get that out of my head some days. And just say, you know, I might be new at it and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be perfect at it, 
but you know, who is first of all, and second of all, I'm going to try, I'm going to keep learning. I'm not a politician. I'm, I have no experience in that, but I have a, a, a voice. I have something to say. There's some things that need to be said. And not only do I want a seat at that table to say them, I want to hold the seat out for the next person like me that wants to do the same. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, I was talking to someone about imposter syndrome and it's just in the entrepreneurial world is so huge. And I kind of wonder in the political world, and this is not a fact, I'll have to Google it and stuff, but I I read something somewhere where it was like, and okay, sorry guys, this is not an insult to men or anything like that. Um, But it said something like, you know, if men feel X percentage qualified, they'll go for a job. And let's say it's something like 40%, maybe 60. I don't even know. Right. Women, unless they feel 100% qualified, they won't even apply for it. And of course, I don't know where that's based in. I know, I know. And I, you know, I have to say when I went to work for the current restaurant group that I work for, I literally wrote them and said, Hey, I know I'm not qualified for the job that you're, you're wanting to, to hire for, but give me five minutes. I'll bet I could convince you while I'm why I'm still the choice. And I guess that's always kind of been my mindset yeah. that you don't get what you don't ask for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm asking for a seat at the table. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You don't make a seat at the table for me. I'm going to find another way in. I'm going to find another way to have a voice in it. Yeah. You know, if that means lobbying somebody, if that means working with another candidate at another time, that's what it means. But never give up on that dream of whatever table it is you want to sit down at. Exactly. You're right. Women, we do, we back off, but mm-hmm. if you have something and everybody has something to say, yeah, find that seat at the table, find a way to get your voice heard. It's important. It is. And the one thing I heard um, when you were talking is that you have that mindset of room to grow that growth mindset. And I think that's, what's so important. And I think that's what makes you, and no matter what your gender, cause I don't want to turn it into a gender thing. You know, that was just kind of an observation, but it's like, no matter what, I think if you go into any job with that growth mindset where that I'm here to use my skill set and having that confidence, cause you're damn good at what you do. Right. So you're really good at what you do. So you have that confidence, but then you also have the confidence that you can learn from others and that there's room to grow room, to learn room, to collaborate versus it just oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to get in there and fix all the problems. You know, imagine if they told us that in high school, Mm -hmm. imagine if that was the message in high school that, Hey, look, you're going to graduate and you're going to go out into the world and you are not going to have the 15 years experience that somebody else might have. But what you do have is a base to learn. You have Mm -hmm. a place to, to pick up that knowledge that you need and, we lose that. We lose the trade school education Mm -hmm. around us. And I feel like that's so important, no matter what the career is. And, you know, we don't have doctors that have never worked with other doctors and learned what they're doing and how they're doing it. So building that confidence for whatever it is you want to go out into the world and and just try it, learn from someone, learn something. And Mm -hmm. even if it turns out to not be for you, which let's be realistic. I think that I changed majors in the two years I was in college, like four times. Mm -hmm. If it turns out to not be the right direction, don't ever be afraid to turn around and take a new direction. It's the same way in policy. You know, I stand behind these policies a hundred percent, but if you educate me on something, if I learn and I have that room to grow, that capacity to say, you know, 
I might not have been right about that, or I might not have been hundred percent right about that. How can we move forward with the new information that we've got and not just be set in a, this is my box. I live in this box. This is mine. It is like being willing to fail, which most people aren't. And you know, we're going to fail at things. So you're never mm-hmm. going to be 100% perfect at everything in life. You're just not. And being afraid of it, and it's natural, and not judging anybody for being afraid yeah. of that by any means, but yeah. just knowing that it's going to happen, it's going to be scary, it's going to be sad, it's going to be whatever it is for the moment, but it's also going to be a chance. And it's moving us forward. I remember hearing that, you know, at this point, probably at least 18 years ago of fail, the idea of failing forward. Yeah. And that was kind of a game changer for me of, oh, okay, even if we quote fail. And that's why I've talked a lot with the podcast about, you know, the purpose. I want to combat shame by acknowledging our perceived failures and then sharing the success and wisdom. And I, I really have been emphasizing that perceived failures because so often what we see as a failure, it's still moving the needle forward. And that's the whole thing of like showing up in the ring. And so then it's the whole, it almost sounds cliche, but it's like, whether you win or lose, it's like, it's true. Whether you win or lose, if, if it's something, whether it's a political thing or just a job or anything, whether it's a, you know, considered a success by whatever the measurements are, you're still learning, growing, you have no idea what other opportunities are coming into it. And so kind of encouraging people that don't worry about the end result, like keep moving forward. Well, and I, it, for better or worse, I've always been an ends justify the means kind of girl. Mm. So if that means failing 15 times until I get there, let's do it. And it also allows that it allows me to see that in my staff and yeah. say, you know, they may have made that pizza wrong 15 times, but darn it. They're still trying. They're still fighting for it. You know, if somebody makes it wrong, goes whatever, then we're not going to be able to move forward. But if you're trying and you're like, no, 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 I've got it. Give me another one. You know, there's room to grow with that. And I think that being the person that can allow that in other people is just as important as realizing it in yourself and giving yourself that break. Yeah, so true. Where do you think that resilience came from in you? I was born into a single wide trailer in West Virginia to a father who dropped out of ninth grade to join the Marine Corps during Vietnam. Um, you know, thank God that it ended while he was in basic training and he never saw war. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, my heart goes out to anybody whose family did. I, I was fortunate mm-hmm. that my father didn't, um, you know, yeah. especially at his age, he, he dropped out of ninth grade for this. Wow. And, uh, so it's, it was a struggle for us. Yeah. It wasn't easy growing up, but I had a mom and dad who did not give up. My mom worked at temp agencies and kept fighting it, and she put herself through school and got her degree. We studied together in seventh grade. She would study and I would study and we would test each other on our flashcards and just seeing her never give up. And now she's a lab supervisor in a hospital. And, you know, my dad, without a high school education, it's really hard to go out into the world, you know, and he, he had a lot of trouble reading and that sort of thing, which can, what are you going to do? He decided to go to truck driving school and he's, he's now a trucker. He has been since I was little and, and watching him go through that and learning to read together, reading the newspaper together as a kid was special for us because he was working on it the same as I was. And just Mm -hmm. going through that with my parents and, and coming out of it, the other side and seeing that they are successful in their lives. And I have, I now live in one of of the most affluential, influential areas 
you know, in the country, little in the world. And, yeah. and I get to run some restaurants and people trust me to run their restaurants. I mean, that's, if that's not a story about hope and resilience and why you just don't quit, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. What a gift though, that your parents gave you, you know, that their struggles that they kept pushing through too, to show you that you could do that too. So my sister graduated with her master's degree this past year. She is, uh, oh, if I tell you her age, you'll know my age. So I'm not going to tell you, but let's just say we are adults. We are well into adulthood. And my sister graduated with her master's last year. And I couldn't be prouder of her that, you know, she has two wonderful daughters that got to see that. That's awesome. Hearing you talk about your parents and your sister now, and then with you, where you had, a, you know, a different background, you'd, you'd been lobbying for restaurants, but now getting your hat into the political ring. I think sometimes we think, and especially you talked before, man, we need to tell the kids this. It's like, you think that your life is like done by 25, you know, it's like, if you're not on the certain career path or something, it's done, you know? So, and that's why, you know, I think what they talk about, like career politicians, it's like, they've been groomed from a certain age and all this stuff. It's like, why do we think life has to be a certain way? And like you said, moving around in the restaurant industry, you hadn't learned what you needed to learn yet. And for your parents, because the thing is, they have their own stories of where they came from with their families. And then it just goes, I mean, that's like a whole, that's a whole other conversation we could get into <laughs> of how all of, you know, our families and our ancestors, and it's like, we all get put through this stuff different. And so, but it's the keep moving forward. You know what I mean? Right. That your family exactly. is just a testament to what we just talked about with kind of just each thing they did was like moving that needle forward. Well, and I try to instill that in the next person that, you know, restaurants might not be for you, mm -hmm. but I encourage everybody to work in one because you're just going to learn these skills that translate to everything else in life. And, you know, if it puts money in your pocket this week that you need for something, take it for what it is. Let us teach you whatever it is that you're trying to learn and, and take that knowledge on with you to the next big thing. And don't ever stop learning. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your insight. And I'm excited that you are um, as you said, you don't say it lightly, but you know, the first responder in politics, cause it is a scary subject. I mean, I know for me, it's like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Um, but you know, the world we live in, you know, I know, especially for me, as I'm getting older, it's making me realize, you know what, if there's things that I'm really passionate about, I really need to start speaking out on them and, um, educating myself and things like that. So thank you for leading by example and, and also sharing your heart with us. I appreciate that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak and being so easy to talk to. I love talking with you. Oh, always. Um, side note, are you still working with restaurants so that if a restaurant does want to tap into your expertise, can they still do that with you? Absolutely. So the way that I've been trying to do it now with trying to balance, you know, my full-time job as well as political career and, and such if you would like to spend some time talking to me about what's going on in your restaurant, how we might be able to make things better for you, um, what your struggles are, what you're doing well, let's go through the whole thing. And it's going to take us a couple of hours, but I'm going to come back with some ideas that are going to help you. In the meantime, I'm going to be a resource for you through email or phone call in the meantime. And guess what? It's free. There's no loss to you. You take it and, and implement it. Great. You take it and go, she's crazy. That's fine too. But let me give you the resources that I have and the knowledge that I bring to it. And let's keep you open until we all get out of this. 
Definitely. Cause we are definitely better together when we're in it as much together as we can be. Absolutely. And since I can't take on full-time clients right now, I just don't have the bandwidth to do that. It wouldn't be fair to them. Um, you know, use the free knowledge that I'm giving out along the way instead. Definitely. I think that, um, yeah, the amount of knowledge it's, you have, the perspective is priceless. So people would be crazy not to. The people are the key. That's what it is. So if people want to learn more about you, Sarah, for anything, where can they find you? So at Sarah for Virginia is going to be your key to all things politics. If you want um, restaurant business, if you go to your-white-night.com, you're going to get my uh, business website and a contact email there or Sarah, your white knight, written the exact same way as my email address. So feel free to reach out. I'm also huge on Facebook. So if you yeah. search Sarah White in, in Falls Church, you're going to find me. Thanks, Sarah. This was fun. I'm glad we got to do it. It was. Thanks so much for talking to me. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.